As uh, most of you know, uh, my family and I moved here to Metter uh, a little over a year ago. I wrote about that in the, in the newsletter, and it's hard to believe it's been a year, but we moved here from Vidalia. And up until uh, 10 years ago, people in Vidalia and the surrounding area, maybe some of you, were used to doing something a particular way, and then things changed. Uh, now, my father uh, grew up not too far uh, from here in Oak Park, Georgia. Uh, I know some of you can't believe that, um, but it's true. He survived. Um, his mother, uh, my, my grandmother, lived in the same house my dad grew up uh, until the time that we had to put uh, my grandmother at the Bethany home, about the same time that we moved to Vidalia about eight years ago. So my family growing up would, would often visit Oak Park, and that meant, because there's nothing in Oak Park, that we would have to go into lines in Vidalia. We would often go into lines in Vidalia to eat um, or, you know, get anything we needed. And then um, we would drive from Oak Park into lines and then into Vidalia, and I would, I would remember my dad talking about the strip. You might know what the strip is. Some of you know you nod in your head. So... Uh, now, if you grew up in the area, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. The Strip is basically Highway 280, um, um, and, and teenagers on Friday and Saturday night would ride back and forth 280 from Lines to Vidalia, just for the heck of it. In the South, that's what we call entertainment. Um, but as I said, people, uh, they were used to doing something a particular way until it was all changed. Uh, about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit further, the city of Vidalia decided to split 280 into two one-ways as you got to downtown Vidalia. It was hard for several people to get uh, used to this, especially those who had lived in the area 20-plus years, 30, 40, lived there their entire lives. In my seven years in Vidalia, I saw a handful of more people make a turn going against traffic uh, on the one-ways. Most of the time, uh, often it was an elderly driver who had probably made that same turn, and it was legal for most of their life, and suddenly things had changed, and it wasn't legal. Occasionally, I, I would see a huge semi-truck um, make the wrong turn on a one-way, and I don't care what the sign says, um, whatever way the truck's going, that's the right way, and you better just get out of the way, right? I mean, that's just my opinion. Now, now, once they did this, there were signs that clearly marked and said, this is a one-way, or, you know, do not enter, don't turn left, or don't turn right, whatever. There were signs clearly uh, marking this. You, you really couldn't miss them unless you weren't looking for them. You think, I, I think we need help sometimes seeing what's right in front of us sometimes. We need help seeing what we sometimes overlook. That's what I believe our text is really all about. For me, the take-home point from this scripture is this. The Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. The Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. Now, at the time of our scripture, we are probably a few days past Pentecost, and we've been talking a lot about this, the, the day that God sent the Holy Spirit on his followers and believers of Jesus. Peter has given his eloquent sermon 
just after Pentecost to kind of help explain what this all meant and and everything. And now in chapter 3, we read about a time that Peter and John have gone to the temple in the afternoon to pray and to worship. Our scripture says, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. A couple things going on here. The gate, beautiful, was one of the entrances into the temple. And at the entrance into the temple, the lame and others who found themselves with physical defects would ask of those entering the temple for money and help. This man, the scripture says, has been lame since birth. He couldn't work. He couldn't provide for himself. He had to rely on the charity of others to make ends meet. It's also important to note that the belief of that time was that the rich had a responsibility to those in need. Their wealth was on loan from God, and they had a responsibility to help take care of those who were in need. But as often is in our day, I can imagine that far too many people passed this man at the beautiful gate without giving him a thing. I am willing to bet that more people than not passed this man and never even realized he was there. Who knows how many days during the week he was carried, because he couldn't get there by himself, he was carried there and placed at the gate. Who knows how many days of the week he was taken there, most of his life. He had probably become a fixture at the gate, so much so that people probably began to ignore him and forget that he was even there. Can you imagine all the things that this man must have seen? He, he would have seen families coming to the temple to worship. He may have seen Jesus. Jesus may have seen him. Makes you wonder, did Jesus know that this day was going to happen? And so that's why Jesus didn't do anything about his physical defect. Can you imagine all the things that this man must have seen? Arguments that took place, business disagreements. All kinds of people that he must have seen. But look at what our scripture says in verse 4 and 5. It says, Peter looked straight at him. There's no doubt. I mean, Peter saw it. As did John. They both looking straight at him. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Again, I wonder how many times Peter and John had seen this man at the gate. This wasn't their first time at the temple, and this wasn't the first time this man had been at the temple. How many times had they and the other disciples, along with Jesus, seen this man at the temple? Maybe they had seen him and, and gave the man the change in their pockets and went to the temple to pray. Maybe they've passed him before and, and hadn't seen him. I, I don't know. But the scripture says that both Peter and John looked straight at him. You see, it's no accident that Peter and John saw this man. They really saw him. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives us eyes to see the unseen. Peter and John, they've been given new eyesight. 
They saw the man. They really, really, really saw him. They saw him as a human being, not just a lame beggar, someone who was always asking for help. They saw him as one of God's children. They didn't ignore him. They didn't look past him. They didn't look over him. They didn't look down on him. They saw him. They looked at him. They had eyes to see what had been unseen. And not only did they see the lame man, but they wanted the lame man to see them. Peter says, look at us. I think Peter wanted this man to know that they saw him and they they wanted his full attention. What a shock this must have been for this man. How many countless times had people just passed him by? Maybe they, you know, think about folks in New York City. I don't know, that's just a stereotype. But you think about just, I'll just drop some money in in the cup and go on my way. And you don't even look at them. How many times had that happened to him? I bet this man could probably count on one hand how many people had looked him in the eye. And maybe even less who had decided they wanted to have a conversation with him. Peter tells this man to look at him. Because what Peter and John were going to say and do were beyond anything this man expected. Our scripture says that the man was expecting to get something from them, but I don't think he was expecting what what he got. Verse 6 and 7 describe what happened next. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. I mean, think about it. His legs probably were mush. No muscle, nothing. And so this is a supernatural healing by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter helps him up. and Instantly, his feet and his ankles, his legs become strong. Can you imagine? I mean, here this man, he was expecting a few coins to make it, maybe make it through just the night not even expecting the next day, but hey, let me just give me, give me something to get through the night. And here, Peter and John give him something that will last forever. This man who had been unable to walk for his entire life was now able to stand on his own two feet. He was healed. And by declaring the healing in the name of Jesus, Peter and John demonstrated that their ministry was simply a continuation of the ministry of Jesus. That's what Acts is all about. The gift of the Holy Spirit allows us and other faithful followers of Jesus to continue the ministry of Jesus. Just as Jesus was concerned for the least of society, we are to be as well. And the Spirit gives us the eyes to see the unseen. And wouldn't you agree that the lowest in our society are often the unseen? The lame, elderly, the sick, the homeless, widows, single parents, the abused, are all for the most part unseen and ignored, just like the man at the temple. We have, to get, we have to ask God to give us eyes to see the unseen and the willingness to help and do something to help. What, and Peter and John show us that 
that we are not limited by the resources we have or don't have. We may not always have money or possessions to give to help, but what we do have is the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, we always have something to give. We can always give an encouraging word. We can always give our time. We can always give a listening ear. We can always stop and give our attention to the least and the unseen in our society. And when the Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen and we stop to help the least and overlooked in our society, we can count on the fact that the eyes of those around us will be watching and they will see it. Listen to what happened after the lame man began to walk in verse 9 and 10. It says, when all the people saw this man walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So, I mean, that tells you, I mean, they knew, they knew who this man was. And maybe over time they stopped seeing him, but now they could not ignore what had happened. They couldn't ignore him any longer. And here he is praising God and, and, and giving him worship. And so they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I mean, isn't that, we're supposed to live lives that cause other people to be amazed and filled with wonder and ask, what's this all about? Some of these people had been coming to the temple every day. Again, they'd, already, they'd probably overlooked this lame man countless times. And they couldn't ignore him anymore. Their eyes were beginning to be opened. For the first time, the people saw this man as more than a beggar. The Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. We've got to realize that those in our community who ask for help, they're more than just beggars. They're more than just sick. They're more than just helpless. They're more than just homeless. And they're more than just lazy. They are more than just abused. They are children of God. They are his creation. And we need to have eyes to see them as such. And there are people in each of our lives whom we tend to turn a blind eye toward. Perhaps it's the person asking for help as you enter the grocery store. Or maybe it's a family member that we haven't spoken to in years. It could be a, a co-worker that's kind of the oddball, sits in the corner. Or a student at school that just doesn't quite fit in. We all have those people in our lives that we have almost forgotten are even there. Yet God is calling us to have eyes to see the unseen and to remember that they are there. And to see them and to really see them. And God is calling us to not only see them, but to reach out to them. After this healing, the scripture says that the people were left wanting more. They were filled with wonder and amazement. And all because two faithful followers of Jesus who were filled with the Holy Spirit stopped and saw a man for who he really was, a child of God. May we pray that the Spirit would give us all eyes to see the unseen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Spirit again that gives us uh, power. Not only power uh, 
to heal. And we have faith that through you we can do that. But we have power to give us new eyesight. To see those that are unseen. To see those that are often right in front of us. That we've chosen to ignore or we've simply forgotten that they're there. Help us to see them, to see their need, and to see where we can be your hands and feet. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.